0: Good morning to you. It is Friday, March 17th at 9.32 a.m. It's the second day of the NCAA tournament, well, the second day of the full-field NCAA tournament. And Purdue will play in about, what, eight and a half hours? So, we're into it, right? Things are, things are going, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about the emotions and the, the uh, kind of the feel of the day and how all the talking stops and doesn't matter this week, this okay. is a big deal. So, Purdue. Um, well, let me let me get my let me get to the sponsors. Um, thanks to Martin Vintage, over martinvintage.com, Uh, grab a t shirt, grab a sweatshirt, uh, enter boiled at checkout, and uh, and you'll get 15% off. Uh, also, also, uh, when you're on campus, head over to eat or head over to AJ's, eat AJ's on Vine. Wait, let's do this again. Head over to AJ's. I was just complimented by my pitch by a friend of mine saying that I did a good job with this and I've just done the worst job that I've done all season. Head over to AJ's On Vine before you go there. Go to eatAJs.com and order ahead. Grab some of those mac and cheese bites that I just had. Grab the um grab some of the uh the, the fried pretzels. They are fantastic. And the Chipotle ranch, holy moly, it's it's really, really delicious. So um, I got to experience it on what was that Sunday night? It was a selection Sunday? Seems like a long time ago. We we're only five days out from that, but for some reason, it seems like it's been a bit. Um, yeah. If you're if you're hungry though, and you're on campus and and, and you're about to go to a game, there's just no place better than AJ's. So head over there. Thanks to Adam and Jake for their hospitality uh, this week to me and to my son and to his pal. It was It was a fun time. And I'm sorry for butchering the the pitch there. So Purdue is, um, as we all know, they're a number one seed. They are about it. All the all the talk, all the garbage, is about to not matter at all. And so this is the time. This is the time to love it, right? This is okay. You settle it on the court. Love it, but you kind of gotta hate it too, right? And we'll talk. I'll talk a bit about what I mean here in a second. Yesterday, I'm sure you're in front of your television, like I was for much of the day. Um, we saw. Uh, a couple shockers, right? We saw uh, Arizona and Virginia both lose, left my bracket in absolute shambles. I had one of the worst first days I've ever had as somebody who pretends to understand what's coming in the future in sports games. I did horribly. I mean, like, awfully. I, I couldn't believe it. I kept watching my percentile just drop throughout the day. Just I was getting worse and worse and worse. Um, Ben Ben Cotton made a joke at my expense too about my height, and he said, "Because uh, I said I was twentieth percentile at one point, and he says is that your height. No, Ben, my height is much lower than the twentieth percentile. How many men do you know that are five foot four? I bet you don't know many, because I don't know many. So I'm probably in the, the first percentile, I'm guessing in in height for full grown men in America. So it is what it is, man. I can't deny that. You meet me, you're gonna see that. You're gonna say." Dude is short. So no Ben, your 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 put downs are deflected away by my Wonder Woman gold bracelets. What what do they call those? I don't know what they're called back on the show. So the, the things I wanted to talk about, though, were first, let's look at some of the, the reaction to uh, Arizona and Virginia losing. I, of course, had Arizona in my Final Four. Great move. Uh, it's playing well. For some reason, I thought the Pac-12 had uh, grown wings and become a butterfly. Sadly, the Pac-12 is not a good conference, and the teams within it aren't good. But I had, for some re- again, UCLA as my champion and Arizona in the Final Four. Not good. Did not go well. And um, and then I had I had Virginia getting going one round, getting past Furman. Uh, but I don't think many people had Princeton beaten Arizona. But here's some fun facts about that game. Uh, those two teams, Arizona and Virginia, got beaten by teams ranked between 88 and 101 in the net. A lot of people thought Princeton actually received too low of a seed. I don't know. I mean, like, how can you say that? They, they weren't ranked very highly in the net. But... Purdue's opponent today is worse, according to the net. Purdue's opponent today is 300 first on the, in the net ranking. And this brings me to one of the things that I keep seeing. Like, it, one of the advantages and disadvantages you have when you have a Twitter feed with a decent amount of followers is you get to get your finger on the pulse of what the fan base is thinking pretty quickly. And it's kind of a split. It's funny. Some people are like, oh, crap. <laughs> it feels like Purdue's going to be added, put a you know, put in as another... Um, uh, Horrible upset. Others say it's clear. The door is opening. Purdue's got to walk through it. They're going to run through to the Final Four. All this stuff is fun, right? And whether it's a fan saying it or somebody on CBS saying it or uh, Jay Wright saying it, because Jay Wright said the Purdue-Farley-Dickinson game after watching Farley-Dickinson roll through was it Texas State, um, after watching them just dominate Texas State, he said, this feels a lot like set up, the setup to the Kentucky um, St. Peter's game last year. The problem with that comparison is, number one, FDU played one of the worst teams in the tournament. And this is kind of like Arizona beating up on Nevada. Arizona State, pardon me, beating up on Nevada. You have to look at the opponent as well. When a team dominates like that, you got to say, okay, what's happening here? Texas State, I think it's Texas State. I, I, I'm almost positive it's Texas State. But they were a 14-win team. Let, don't discount that. They got into the tournament. They earned their way into the tournament by winning their conference tourney. But they were a 14-win team. FDU controlled them start to finish. North Texas or Texas State, pardon me. old oh, that's a bad bad flashback. Texas State um, missed their first 16 three-pointers. And they just kept shooting them. And so they were giving the ball to FDU really, really cheap, right? Didn't have to earn it; just got it back. FDU has that press. You hear about it? I think they, the the turnover rate uh, or or um, the the how how many turnovers they cause, they're up there pretty high. But at the same time, their defensive efficiency is really low. I think it's like in the three hundreds again. These are the reasons where you say, okay. If, well, it it, it maybe not. It's not the, quite the same as St. Peter. St. Peter's had this high-powered offense. Maybe I maybe I got that wrong. Maybe FDU's offense is in the three hundreds. It doesn't matter. Here's the whole thing I wanted to get out. The big thing I wanted to get at. It doesn't matter. Love it or hate it, it's time to play the game. And none of the the prognostications, none of the talking heads. It doesn't. It just doesn't matter anymore. And it doesn't matter after the game. A couple years ago, I got really upset about. Kind of the way the media uh, was fielding Purdue, and um, I think I was upset about the seeding. This probably goes back seven to ten years. My brother said to me, how can you blame them? Purdue hasn't done anything to back it up, right? They're They're not delivering when it's crunch time. They're not coming through. They're not getting past that ceiling that was over their head. At that point, Purdue and Matt Painter couldn't seem to get past the Sweet 16. Couple years later, they did deliver. They got past Tennessee and uh, almost got past Virginia um, and got to the uh, Elite Eight before the heartbreak. One of the ironic things about basketball, about the big about the big dance yesterday, if you saw it when you watched that Virginia game, was the guy who made the biggest mistake of the game, Clark, was trapped on a full court press. And if you look at the whole thing, look look at the whole play unfold. When I watched it, I was like, that's the dumbest play I've ever seen. He got in the corner and he turned and he heaved it. It looked like a grade school type play. Remember, that is the same guy. That Clark is the same person that made one of the most brilliant push passes I've ever seen from the other side of the half court versus Purdue with 2.9 seconds left or whatever it was. I think it's 2.9. He turned and he fired the ball down to Diakite who hit the little bunny over Matt Harms and extended Matt Harms seven foot... Well, with his hands up, he had to be up 11 or 12 feet there. Exactly the scenario you want. The seven footers down there. And Diaquite made the play, put, Purdue into, or put the Purdue-Virginia game into overtime. And Purdue, of course, went on to lo- lose. But Clark was the guy who was the really... He was the catalyst to that play. Yesterday, he made a boneheaded play. But if you look at what he was doing, it was boneheaded. It doesn't matter what you know what you go through the the thought process of why he made the play, but why he made the play was he thought if I throw it up high and I get it out away, if I get it out away from the play, the clock's gonna expire, the ball's gonna get hit around, the game's gonna be over. He wasn't just trying to hit the the safety valve uh, on in Virginia's press breaking offense. He was trying to get it out there, and which is funny because if you look at what Painter said versus Virginia years ago in 2019. You tap the ball out to the other side of half court, and you say that's the scenario you want. The ball is way down there, and you've got hardly any time. Everything has to go perfect, and it did on that day. Yesterday, it did not go perfectly. In fact, that ball got sent out to the other side of the court. Farley Dickinson grabs the ball, makes one pass, perfect pocket pass, in rhythm. Defense comes over late, money, and um, and you're gonna. That's one of those things. Virginia, though, the other thing that's really interesting virginia yeah out of i think it's five attempts in the ncaa tournament they've got a national championship and then they've got four first round exits would you make that deal as a purdue fan hell yeah you would i mean if you wouldn't i don't know if you are paying attention for me i'd make that deal all day long i'd probably make it for much many more losses than that maybe 10 first round exits for a national championship i'm not kidding how you can sound uh, you can uh sound off in the comments about what you think what would what's the what's the cost that's worth it for purdue getting the national title or getting a final four i I watched the game yesterday i had um, uh, an i u fan in the room he's one of the three good i u fans i've talked about him before great guy pleasure pleasure to watch games with uh he's actually an interesting guy he started at purdue in engineering went to rose holman graduated in engineering but uh, he grew up an i u fan stayed an i u fan for some reason um, and I was just saying, man, I just want to see a final four. I just want to see a, a national title and, um, getting past right. Getting to that final weekend of the tournament would mean a lot and, uh, would change my view on the world. Purdue winning a national title though, altogether would be mind blowing. I can't even get my head around it. Every year when I put together a, a bracket, I'm like, you know, look at these matchups. You know, it looks like Purdue could do some damage here, and then I always end up saying, no, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I didn't have Purdue in the Final Four. If you did, I'm glad. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong, as I am every year. Uh, I'm wrong about everything. You know, when it comes to picks. Uh, but like I said, this is it. It doesn't matter that now you've, you you handle it on the court. All the stupid stuff of play by play guys or guys in studio saying. This looks like an upset. I mean, I can remember when Purdue played the Fran McCaffrey coached Siena team years and years ago, how the media was like, this is your upset. Pick this one. Purdue's going to go down to Siena. Of course they didn't because Fran McCaffrey coaching Fran McCaffrey coaching the NCAA tournament is a bad combo. It's like um, chocolate and and pickles. I mean, some, some of you probably like that for some reason. But I was trying to think of something that didn't go together. Shrimp and peanut butter. Just uh, mercy. Fran McCaffrey doesn't have it. And Iowa, of course, lost again yesterday in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, Yeah, another one that I remember, was it the Baby Boilers were playing? Were they playing Washington? That doesn't matter. I can remember a couple times, though. Um, that, was a, that was actually a pretty evenly matched game. And I think that was in the other round of 16 or 32. But when Purdue is picked as the as the sexy victim of a of a upset, that always gets under my skin. But the whole point of today, the reason why I wanted to talk to you, is just saying you gotta love it. It's all it's all uh, decided on the court, and then you gotta hate it because when it's decided on the court, it stings. And like my brother said years ago, the next year or when the media says something against your boilermakers, like after they lose to North Texas or after they lose to. Um, that heartbreaker to Cincinnati when they gave away, what, nine-point lead in a matter of moments, or Arkansas Little Rock. You know, like, these are the ones that stick out to us, right? But for all of those, you have Matt Painter playing to seed. Matt Painter's team's really doing their work in the tournament. When I say play to seed, I mean playing the team, not getting upset. And Painter has been generally good at that. I, I believe the majority of the times that Purdue has been in the tournament, Purdue teams have played to seed. Now, last year, the door was obviously open. We talked about this a little bit in the, um, in the Handsome Hour, which I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. It's kind of a fun atmosphere. But, uh, yeah, it, this year, playing the seed, you go to the Final Four. That's, that's a tall order. So hopefully it happens. Hopefully uh, the thing that's been on Purdue's back, the monkey on Purdue's programs back for years and years and years can be changed, we'll know soon, in the next two weeks. So, uh, thanks to a uh, couple guys. A couple guys are tuned in live here. Uh, appreciate you. Um, Austin Ray has a good point. Start aggressive, uh, yet smart. Everything will take care of itself. Purdue starts, when Purdue's playing well, it's usually a tale of starting the first half and the second half well, right? Really hitting the team in the mouth. That said, Purdue's given away a lot of those leads during the year, too, as we know. So,. Um, I think a team like this, you don't let them get to the point where they're believing. I think that's the biggest thing. When they start believing, we've all seen it, we saw it with St. Peter's, then they become the aggressor. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. Need to, need to hit them in the mouth and keep hitting them in the mouth. Um, use every advantage you have. Use the size. Use the strength. But they will press and it will be frantic. And it will cause Purdue to look ugly at times. But if they can keep Turnovers at a relative minimum uh it's just kind of the cost of doing business let's see um ted Berkey asked a very good question uh does aj's deliver to tennessee not at this point not yet i actually talked to adam and jake about their aspirations to uh to grow the brand and they said you know what right now things are really really good uh they have some changes in store um they're gonna they got plans for what they're gonna do about their at their location but right now they don't want to do that. And uh and I don't even think I don't think you'd want the food at that point, i be real honest. But it's delicious when it's hot and fresh in the store. Goodness gracious, it's good. So uh Chipotle Ranch. Uh Ted Berkey says Texas Southern, not Texas State, Boiler Dowd, Dag Nabbit. He didn't say the second part there, but I'll say it for him. Um let's see. Yeah, Danny Conway uh, brings up something that <clears> – <throat> did, did I see the opposing coach video? I did. <clears throat> I did see it, and I retweeted it because there's a lot of debate about it. He said, I don't want Purdue to see it, and then he said, I do want Purdue to see it. Here's the, here's my, the rub. You've got to tell your team as a coach things that push the psychological buttons. I've been talking about that all year with Purdue. Yes, I saw Farley Dickinson's, Dickinson's coach saying – Uh, The more I watch Purdue, uh, the more I think we can beat them. Okay, fine. That's okay. As a coach, that's fine. You're coaching that team, and uh, former Purdue football great Willie Phil says, what do you expect him to say? I don't expect him to say anything negative and say, we're probably going to lose. No, that's not the point. The point is, he looked at the camera. He knew the camera was there, and you never want to give the other team something to build on. right? We never want to give them that bulletin board material. And yet he did. Jay Wright had a good point in, in studio. I think he said the coaches don't care about that. They already know what the other coach is saying to their team, telling them, get them to believe whatever. The players, though, that's the stuff they want to hear. And that's the stuff that gets them into a, a lather. And I guarantee you, it got Purdue players up there. Uh, like I said, I sent it to, I tweeted it to all the Purdue team that I could find. I missed Brandon Newman's uh, Twitter handle. And, and I think it's Ball is Life 219 which is funny. And I think I remember it now. Couldn't even remember it then. And then uh, I couldn't find Trey Kaufman-Renz. And I just don't know if he's on Twitter. But a few minutes later, somebody said, oh yeah, they've seen it because um, uh, Gillis had it as either a pinned tweet, the the video, or had it up at the top. The players noticed and they wanted something. uh, They wanted that thing to motivate them. So they've got it and they've seen it. And yeah, it was a dumb thing for that coach to say. But like Willie Phil said, you don't expect him not to, to say something like that. But that was oddly specific saying what he's, you know, he's intimating is, I've watched Purdue on tape a lot. I get to know him really well, and I think we're better than them. Okay, coach. All right. Purdue was number one for seven weeks, and you think the 300th best team in America is better than them? They can beat them. I'm not saying they can't beat them. Sure, they can beat them. Fairly Dickinson, sure, they can beat them. Anybody can beat Anybody. But to say what he said, looking at the camera, that's the rub. Wait till the cameras aren't running. Get your team together when they all have ballroom meetings in these hotels. They have walkthroughs, things like that. They have breakfast. They have meals together. Say it then. Lather them up then. Lather them up the next time the camera's not running. It's just a dumb. It's a dumb move. Um, and that's what that's what bulletin board material always is. Very seldom is it someone saying. Okay, yeah, I want this. I want the extra pressure, and I don't think that coach really wanted that. But he got in, got out in front of his skis, as I said on Twitter. Um, Vincent Moster says it'll be interesting to see how they handle the press. It will be um, uh, the press. This team is designed to press, so the teams that press well, um, they're uh, they're tough. They're they're tough to go up against. But you have to keep cool. That's the biggest thing. Can Purdue's young guys keep cool? It's a it's kind of a good. Baptism by fire for this NCAA tournament for this Purdue team. Um, the other thing that's interesting, everybody's talking about, of course, is this is one of the shortest teams in the big in the big dance. This is they've got, I think, a starting 5'9 nine guard. They got another guard that's six foot. And if you look down the roster, it's like five nine, six foot, six one, six one, six two, six two, six four, six four, six four, six four, six four, six four, six six, six seven. I think that's it. Tallest guy on the team is six seven. I don't even know if he's a significant part. Honestly, I haven't done my scouting. I'm not playing today. But I do know that uh, it's a short team. It's the shortest team in the tournament played against the superhuman Zach Eady. And if you don't think that's by design, you're not paying attention. Like I always say, these committees, they do things on purpose. This is very on purpose. Putting a bunch of rematches in Purdue's region of teams Purdue had beaten, that was on purpose. All this stuff's by design. And um, whatever. Put up or shut up. Go win the damn games. Um, uh, Let's see. Ted Berge says, after the game, uh, the coach said, I haven't thought much about Purdue. I don't want to think about Purdue. Um, He contradicted himself like 15 times in that little speech. He said that. He also said, stay humble to his team. That's not humble. That other thing you said, that's not humble. Um, It's okay. It's okay. People say things. (laughs) Um, It's not the end of the world. Purdue's team has seen all of it now, and I'm glad they've seen it. I hope they're motivated, and I hope they... Like Michael Jordan said in that documentary during COVID, I took that personally. I hope they did. Um, Midwest Joker said that ED goes for 40 tonight. I think his career high is in the low 30s. I can't remember if it's 32 or 34, something like that. I know he had 32 a week ago. Um, It's not really Purdue's MO to have a player go for 40, right? They don't really unleash guys when they start scoring. Painter doesn't do that. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. Sure, why not? Uh, Vincent Vince Motor has, Moster has one more point that I didn't. Uh, let's see. Arizona, Virginia, and Houston showed us what can happen if you're not locked in. Um, yeah, Houston, Houston played with fire. Um, and the funny thing is, Sasser's playing, uh, and they don't look like. I mean, gosh, it's incredible. You watch those teams that are highly ranked. Messing around, because I think that game was played in the low 60s, high 50s, if I remember remembering correctly. Houston has so many guys that can make plays. So many athletes there that are quick and that can knock down shots. And yet, they were right there with that other team because they just they couldn't separate. Uh, those games feel really bad, especially when it's your favorite team. Let's hope we're not feeling like that at about the five-minute mark against FDU. Um, so Ben Wischoker says he adjusted his expectations. He says now Edie will go for thirty-eight. So, well, thanks for tuning in to everybody out there. Uh, hope you're excited. I'm at twenty-two minutes. It's a good time for me to close it. Uh, next time I talk to you, Purdue will have either lost their opening round game or will be one and zero, on, or one zero. Oh, pardon me. Um, tomorrow, programming note: I don't think I'm gonna be able to do post game. I'm gonna ask one of the guys to do it because I'm going to be in the air. Not flying by my own power, but by the power of a jet engine or multiple, hopefully. So God bless you. Uh, oh, there you go. Midwest Stoker says Edie's top game was thirty-eight. Okay, and I don't. Which game was that? You got the you got the stuff in front of you. Tell me, tell me which game was Edie's uh, career high before I close out. If you can do it quickly. Um, so Edie's career high is thirty-eight. Midwest Stoker said he'll go for forty. Um, yeah. Uh, Need of being verse says, I prefer to believe doubt has the powers of flight. Uh, Yeah, it's, you know, I don't have many other powers at this, at this point in my life. So it'd be nice to have the powers of flight, but I am terrified of heights. So it's a give and take there. I don't know if that would be something that I would use very often, um, unless I was just really confident in it. And if I got it now at this age at 47, it'd be tough to believe that uh, uh, I was, I thought it was foolproof. I'd be like the greatest American hero for an 80s reference. You don't know it. Look up the greatest American hero. He couldn't land. He couldn't control the flight, so he would run into things. Uh, but he was still a superhero. Um, let's see. uh Tiberg said it was Mission State at home, so I was at that game. So that's good. I, I was there, and I don't remember it. And it was weeks ago. But thank you. Uh, yeah, <sighs> that's great. Good brain. So okay, I'm serious now. I'm closing it down. God bless you. Hammer down. Talk to you soon. Uh, let's go boilers. They play at what? this evening in Columbus, Ohio. I know a lot of you are there. Get loud, represent. We'll see you.